Ah, sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. And this year, Freedom's Ring is completing 20 years of proud radio broadcast. And my good friend Lincoln Steed is also completing 20 years as editor of Liberty Magazine. So I thought I would invite Lincoln to reflect on his legacy at Liberty Magazine, and especially what we're looking forward to in the new year. We always have a fundraising effort for Liberty Magazine at the start of the year. Lincoln, welcome back to Freedom's Ring. Yeah, my pleasure. Always great to be on the program. And always good to talk about not just Liberty Magazine, but religious liberty as a freedom that is such an integral part of what constitutes American freedoms and uh, Western freedoms. Uh, with Liberty Magazine, we try to be uh, timely. And I think with our campaign for our annual promotion, where we uh, offer the opportunity for uh, any number of sponsors to empower us to send the magazine to the thought leaders, the state and federal legislators, mayors, and so on, lawyers, uh, which has a very good theme. Uh, and I'll explain the picture. In our poster, we have a large wall reminiscent of the the uh, the Vietnam Memorial Wall, where, where there's a lot of names on it. But our wall in this picture has the names of the great figures of religious freedom and of the Protestant Reformation all uh, inscribed on it. In front of it is a uh, sort of a superimposition of some of the carved figures that you'll find in the Reformation wall in uh, in Switzerland. Uh, so it's quite definite there. And then there's a couple or family looking at it, and the the title is Protecting the Wall. Now, the, you know, the wall has become a very uh, contentious term or a rallying point term for, in the United States. And, and we don't get into whether or not there should be a wall on the border, but with religious liberty... There absolutely needs to be a clear demarcation between civil issues and religious issues. Uh, and, and all sorts of civil states through time have, have moved into and restricted religious activity. And with a wall where government knows its place and yet is there to protect and enable religious practice, things run uh, beautifully as they have in the United States. And, and so we're reminding our listeners that we want to protect this wall it has a great heritage and a great future as long as we remember where our security lies. Well, I'm glad that we have this theme of the wall for our Liberty campaign this year, Lincoln, because the wall of separation, as you and I both know, has been under severe attack. And it's, it's tragic that the Protestant world here in America, which was really what developed the whole concept of separation of church and state, has now, you know, become kind of traitorous, treasonous to the very concept that the church exists independent of the state, that the state has no authority over the religious affairs of the church, over its doctrines and practices, except to protect religious freedom for all. And, right. you know, what we've seen historically, every time church and state come together, when we don't have this wall, when we have the state being identified in religious terms, uh, Christian America or, you know, Christian England or, you know, Christendom in Europe through 
the centuries of what Protestants have called the Dark Ages. Um, those who are not of the prevailing religious view get persecuted. Right. Here well, the persecution are. of the Jews in, in Europe that culminated in the Holocaust under the Nazis, that came about because of this uh, equating of Europe with a sort of a, some sort of a Protestant main. And in that case, the Jews missed out. But it, it's, it's even more complicated than that. In this country, a certain religious faction of, of mainline Protestant groups have power and want more. Well, they will tend to administratively and legislatively define uh, acceptable religion by their particular viewpoint. And it may be some other Protestants that will miss out. It may be Roman Catholics. It may be Muslims. maybe Jews. Or, uh, you know, who knows? But it's certain that those on, that are in a different religious framework will suffer in one way or another. They always do. And so if we want all people to be protected in their conscience profession, the only security is government neutrality, not government indifference. And people get a little bit mixed up, don't you think? You want a government that creates a, a fertile ground for religious practice. You know, 82%, according to the global surveys that are done by reputable organizations like the Pew Forum Foundation, 82% of the world's population live in countries with little or no religious freedom. And most of these countries have a very oppressive uh, state religion. Um, yeah. And those who are religious minorities have little or no legal status or social status. And it's become uh, enormously challenging to be a religious minority in most countries of the world. How do you mean, Lincoln? Well, I hear that statistic bandied all the time, and, and people, ooh, because it sounds incredibly oppressive in the main that such a high percentage of the world are living in these countries. But in most of those countries, the overwhelming majority of people are just happy with how it is. They don't see any problem, but you're right, explaining it on the, the point of minorities. Right. So right. it's maybe not a massive population, but a very significant number of people who are thinking out of the norm, if you like, and are, or put it another way, exercising their God-given right of conscience and conviction. So in those countries, if you go along with the main view, what the government and society and your neighborhood says, you'll be fine. But if you think independently, it can get very bad, often to the cost of your life in many countries. And we don't want to get into that state, but it's possible if we adopt that, people will still say, gladly, freest country in the world, greatest country, even as in the background people are being shuffled off to detention centers and, and uh, special treatment and, and legal marginalization of a thousand stripes that can drive an organization or a, or a group out of existence. Well, as we're recording today, Lincoln, we still have something in the order of 2,500 children in detention centers, at least in one center along our nation's border in Texas. So detention centers are actually a thing of the present here in the United States. I was States. throwing a little bone to you, thinking you might pick up on it. You know, it doesn't mean that we live under the worst government, but all human institutions can be corrupted to a biased end. And uh, we, we've got to be careful. We have the mechanisms in place, and, and we shouldn't allow religious prejudice or marginalized views on other faiths to have the power of law behind. And these detention centers could involve people with religious differences if we're not careful. And of course, as people uh, loving justice, we should decry mistreatment of anyone for whatever reason, whether it's immigration laws or, or religious freedom laws. All civil liberties ultimately derive from the same point of justice, I think.
Well, Lincoln, looking ahead, what are some of the topics, issues that are going to be appearing in Liberty Magazine in the coming months? Well, I'm right now looking at our January issue, which is not quite off the press, but uh, should be in the next few days. And uh, we've got several articles there, thought-provoking articles, uh, following on the theme that in one of them it says a clash of loyalties, and it's discussing further. Uh, obviously, we all have a loyalty to the state, to society, but we have a loyalty, a higher loyalty to God and our religious faith. When and how could those be in conflict, and what do we do? It's a real question that I think people should think deeply about before the moment comes, because in a moment of social upheaval or legal assault, people don't think clearly and often uh, compromise. Uh, another thing that we've got in this upcoming issue that I really should put in there, uh, we have great concern about this unprecedented alliance between religious activists and this administration. But at the same time, this administration have, I think, done some very good public moves on religious liberty. They had a, the first ever U.S. State Department ministerial to advance religious freedom where they brought together uh, leaders from all over the world to discuss the value of religious freedom. And I can't really say that's bad. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But uh, we have to acknowledge their wonderful. opening actions are very good. There's no question that this is very important to get the world leaders together to use American influence to promote religious freedom. This is key. Now, when I was interviewing Kenneth Starr recently, and you can hear his show on our SoundCloud or iTunes radio station, you know, he agreed that it was a very big problem for the American influence in the world that, on the one hand, we crack down and reject asylum seekers who fear persecution. And so we don't honor religious freedom in that way, and yet we try to promote religious freedom. We very much need a consistent global message on religious freedom. Right. And that consistency, I'd go back to the, you know, they say, follow the money. Well, follow the history, too. It's one thing to reject asylum seekers, but in all too many cases, we've been complicit in the situation that created that. We shouldn't be supportive of uh, despotic regimes or regimes that are persecuting uh, religious minorities and turn the blind eye. Saudi Arabia, thankfully, with this recent assassination, we've sort of got their number, but there's a country that, that turns a blind eye to any concern about religious liberty that I can see. But you, could, you can go to any a number of cases, and this at least might be a move toward a more coherent projection of American values to other countries. Uh, and so that's good. On the downside... This administration are, are trying to roll back the so-called Johnson Amendment, and I'm not sure they understand really what's at stake, but those in the religious liberty area understand it all too well. We don't want religious groups to become political power centers. They will tend to uh, twist the balance of uh, freedom for all people to just for some and less for others. Well, but that's exactly what has happened, um, is that we have twisted this balance, and uh, we now have a party in power that's very dependent on the religious right for their power and for their support. Right. So I hope that Liberty Magazine, by getting out a clarified uh, discussion on this, this, these types of issues, can at least inform those who are presently working with this administration, those who are in the administration. You know, there are people that have bad intention, but I think by and large, there's people that just don't understand the issue fully. They need to be informed. They need to be encouraged to choose the right way in this case on First Amendment, which is this 
tenuous balance, if you like, between uh, uh, religious practice and, and uh, state support, uh, you know, free, ex- free exercise and establishment. And, it, and it's sort of, an, you know, there's no end to the little discussions. But overall, I think it's a very clear principle if we explain it right. So uh, some listening to this discussion might presume that Liberty Magazine takes a kind of uh, liberal democratic bent. But that's really not the case, is it, Lincoln? Well, no, we, we have to be nonpartisan. Uh, we're not allied with any party or any particular party viewpoint. At a given point in time, it might be that one party or the other is, uh, is more agreeable to what we're saying. But we're not referencing any political party, not at all. And as you well know, on our Liberty Dinner, which also is getting close to 20 years for an, as an annual affair, we've had uh, both Republican and Democratic speakers uh, Every year, we, we sort of alternate it, but I mean, it's we're very political in the sense that everything we do on religious liberty on a governmental sense, of course, is dealing with politics, but we are studiously non-partisan. Have to be. Well, I have to say, you know, looking back, one of the favorite guests at our Liberty Dinners that I attended was the Senator John McCain, and certainly <laughs> mourned his passing this past year. Um, America lost a great statesman in John McCain. Well, we're pretty much out of time. We want to encourage our listeners, go to the Liberty Magazine website, libertymagazine.org. This is where you can really get caught up on key religious liberty issues. And we certainly want to encourage your financial support for Liberty Magazine. I've never been one to try to promote giving to my own radio show, but I'm very happy to put in a plug for Liberty Magazine and to encourage our listeners. You can make your donations online. Of course, you can do it any way that money is transferred. But this is a wonderful way to educate our congressmen, your state and local government officials, your journalists. How important is it for our journalists to understand religious freedom? This has been Freedom Spring. I'm your host, Alan Rynock. Until next week, let freedom ring.